John chapter 20 from verse 19 says this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Peace be with you. Four words Jesus says to his disciples. Four words that Jesus says to you today. Peace be with you. If you're here today, anxious, stressed, tired, if you're facing difficulties in your workplace, a relationship possibly, if you're feeling just a bit done with life, maybe even angry, Jesus says to you today, peace be with you. Sophie and I, my wife, we're about to celebrate our fifth wedding anniversary in a couple of uh, months' time. And we're, yeah, thank you very much. Um, And before we got married, it was my job to organise the honeymoon. And if you've met Sophie, she's pretty smart and growing up she went on some amazing holidays, so the pressure was on. Uh, Alongside that, I had just moved from working in architecture to train to be a vicar, so uh, the the bank balance was a little lower than usual. Uh, Sophie was working uh, for a jewellery business at the time, and so we were just really looking forward to 10 days of peace. Anyway, I managed to find a great little break uh, on a website, www.chicretreats.com, right up her street and uh, quite a good price. Uh, And uh, we we got married, it went really well, um, and we headed on our way to honeymoon. And uh, as we got through the airport, we were walking through, through security, we um, sunk into our seats uh, as much as a six foot five man can uh, sink into economy. and we flew on our way to, uh, to the south of France. And we landed in uh, Montpellier. And uh, we got in a car, started driving through the French vineyards. And I could see across the rolling hills a French chateau where we were staying. And in that moment, I thought, Dave, you have absolutely nailed it. <laughs> we were driving through. And as we got closer, I started to hear a noise I didn't expect to hear. It was like this kind of shrieking And as we got closer and closer, the noise got louder and louder. And as we pulled into the reception, I just said to them, what's going on? 
Anyway, it turns out that they have quite a diverse marketing strategy. Not only do they feature their chateau on www.chicretreats.com, they also feature it on www.babyfriendlybolthole.com. <laughs> so we spent our whole honeymoon, which was meant to be, you know, super lush, relaxed, essentially with an army full of children. And they were all from southwest London. <laughs> It's funny how we spend much of our lives looking for peace, and yet it can kind of slip through our grasp. I read an article in the Times newspaper this week about an app called Calm. And about two years ago, they've created this app. And since in two years, 45 million people have downloaded the app. Last year, it was the, uh, the, the company was the fastest growing company in the US, and it's now valued at a billion dollars. And yet, in a recent report, the Gallup Global Emotions Report 2019, says the world is sadder, angrier, and more scared than ever before. And it's no surprise living in a city like London. It is full of pressure. Space pressure. We, we live with 8.8 million people, and don't we know it when we get on the tube? Work pressure, hundreds of emails flooding in every day. Diary pressure, look at your schedule for the week ahead. Relational pressure, so many people in the city, and yet it's really hard to build long lasting, deep friendships. And if we're honest, our strategies to pursue peace are failing us. At best, they're leaving us with moments of calm, which kind of buckle and break under pressure. So, how do we access a peace that lasts in the midst of difficulty and trouble? Well, the Bible is unapologetic about the promise of peace. The Bible promises us peace. You weren't meant to actually bounce from, from difficult situation to difficult situation. And in our passage, we meet the one in whom this promise of peace is found. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That is his name. When he was born, the angel said, Peace on earth. He, he came to create peace between us and God so we could have friendship with him. The Apostle Paul in the letter to the Ephesians says, Jesus is our peace. In other words, peace is not a feeling to be chased, it's a person to behold. What do I mean by that? One of the key things I want to say tonight. Is this. Peace is found when you place your confidence and trust in the character of God. Peace is found when you place your confidence and your trust in the character of God. My two year old son, Archie, loves to climb.、Uh, Harry, Megan, if you're listening,、uh, cracking name.、Uh, we're huge, huge fans. Congratulations. And on Friday, Archie and I headed to Wandsworth Common, our favourite park, to go and climb together. And when he was younger,、uh, I'd have to help him、uh, for much of the way, carry him up、uh, and, and lift him up. Whereas now he's kind of stronger and, and braver, he can climb quite high on his own. And when Archie climbs, he climbs, he's, he's peaceful. Why? Because he knows that I'm there. He has confidence and trust in my character. The moment I step away too far, suddenly he becomes anxious and looks for me. But when I'm close, He's confident and at peace. And you might be here today and you are under so much pressure because you believe that your life rises and falls on how well you are climbing. It's all down to you. It's like pressure on your shoulders. 
And that's how the disciples felt. They were on their own. A few days earlier, they'd been with Jesus, but now he's been flogged, he's been beaten, crucified, buried. And the disciples were on their own in a locked room, feeling the weight, the pressure of the things that Jesus asked them to do with their lives, thinking, how are we going to do this without Jesus? And into that moment, Jesus appears into the locked room, and he is with them. So if peace is found when you place your confidence and your trust in the character of God, what does that look like? What does this passage tell us about the character of God? Well, the first thing this passage tells us is that God is close. God is close. In our passage, the disciples are gathered together, hiding in a locked room, they, uh, they, they're missing Jesus, they're, um, they're fatigued, they're tired, they're angry, they're confused, they're upset. And into this moment in verse 19, it says, Jesus came, stood among them and said, peace be with you. Jesus got close. And what was the result? Verse 20, the disciples were overjoyed. The disciples were afraid and yet in the midst of their fear, the presence of Jesus brought joy. You see, Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of Jesus in the midst of trouble. My parents met in London in 1972. My father worked in the city and my mum was a midwife. Uh, They met through um, my my mum's brother. And uh, my mum was a Christian. She grew up uh, in the church. Uh, But my father had nothing to do with the church and, and wasn't a Christian. Uh, but having met my mum, he kind of became kind of intrigued, uh, although he didn't want her to know that. And so under the cover of darkness, one Sunday evening, he took himself to a church called All Souls Langham Place. At the time, the vicar was a guy called John Stott, uh, who was marked by Time magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world, actually. And on that night, my father became a Christian, uh, aged 28, sat at the back row, uh, never been in church really before, and he decided to start following Jesus. Uh, Mum was quite pleased about that and, uh, and they uh, got married and uh, they had their first child, um, Hannah. It came quite quickly but after that trying for a second it seemed to be taking a lot longer. Year after year after year it went by and for them, I was just speaking to mum a few days ago, they got kind of angry at God, frustrated, God why are you not changing this situation? Why is nothing seems to be moving forward? And the friend uh, in their church came to them and said, look, I had this, like a dream. And it was a picture of your family uh, with, um, with my mum, dad, my sister. And then my mum was carrying what looked like the silhouette of a baby. And uh, mum and dad said, well, that's funny you should say that. Uh, this is what we're going through. And, uh, and in time, my mum fell pregnant uh, with me. And uh, on the face of things, I'm quite pleased that I'm alive. Uh, I think my sister is still getting used to the idea. Um, (laughs) But mum said, in those moments of waiting, in those moments of frustration and when things weren't changing, they had this remarkable sense of God's presence, God's peace with them. He got close to them, even in their darkest moment as a couple. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of Jesus in the midst of trouble. That's the first thing. God got close. Second thing. God's not only close, but God is powerful. That's the second thing about God's character that we need to know. 
Here is Jesus standing before them, the disciples. He's conquered death and now he's with them. He's revealed his power and now he's empowering his disciples. Verse 21, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples had moved from fear to joy, but this was whilst they were in the locked room, in a safe place where they were meeting. And now Jesus was saying, now I'm sending you out from this place to go and do the things that I've taught you to do. And surely the disciples would have been thinking, Jesus, we can't do this without you. And Jesus says for the second time, peace be with you. I'm sending you out. Now receive my spirit, my power. I'll be alongside you. I'll empower you. I'll give you the things that you need. It's amazing how like the disciples, fear can paralyze us. For some of us, it's like we are living in the locked room and we, and we haven't yet been able to leave. It's like we're longing to live life in all its fullness, but fear keeps holding us back. I know what that feels like. This week, as uh, Ed and Martin mentioned, we had the HCV Leadership Conference. Five and a half thousand people uh, in the Royal Albert Hall, and it was a remarkable time. Great speakers, great sense of God's presence with us. And in the lead up to that uh, conference, there was an opportunity to do some more leadership coaching uh, called the Distinctive Leadership Course. And I thought I need all the help I can get. So uh, I went on this course, signed up. And one of the things that I have learned since doing that course, one of my reflections is there have been so many things in my life that I have held myself back from doing because of fear. So on the final day, on last Friday, I walked out of that room and I said, God, give me an opportunity to get out of my comfort zone. I'll do anything you want me to do uh, to honour you just kind of let me know and I'll do it. And then as I was on the bus, my, um, my phone buzzed and I checked my text messages and it was from Stephen Foster, who's um, one of my colleagues here at HDB. And he and his wife Beth were just about to have a baby, like literally any minute. And so he texted me and he said this, he said, um, Dave, on Tuesday, could you uh, host the seminars at the Royal Albert Hall? And I thought, oh no. Oh no. And I was thinking of how to reply. And I kind of started writing a text that said, um, Dear Stephen, wow, amazing. Could we find someone else? Lots of love, Dave. <laughs> but then I remembered my prayer to God God, give me an opportunity to do something that's outside of my comfort zone. I don't, I don't want to be fearful anymore. Give me something I could do that would honor you. And so I sheepishly text back saying, Absolutely. <laughs> And I was, I was petrified, if I'm honest. Not only were there loads of people... I mean, the reason the seminar was happening in the Royal Albert Hall is because a lot of people wanted to come and hear this particular speaker. Not only that, but this speaker was being then projected to, uh, to Brighton, to Plymouth, to Birmingham, and to Edinburgh. So not just the people in the room, but also people uh, through the live stream. And the good news is, I did it, and I didn't die. <laughs> And it was my small way of saying, I'm getting out of that locked room. Things that have held me back where I felt fearful, no longer. I want to live life in all its fullness. And I'd encourage you uh, to do the same too. Maybe try that prayer and God may just give you an opportunity. The disciples had a choice. Do we stay in this locked room hiding or do we unlock the door 
and do the things he's asked us to do. Maybe you need to do something this week that could be hard, but necessary. Into that meeting, that hard conversation. The project that you need to kind of step up to the plate with in your workplace. Maybe it's a a relationship where you need God's help, God's guidance. Maybe in your marriage. Maybe you need to sign up to the marriage course this week, the marriage prep course. Maybe that could be the bravest thing you do today. Maybe you need to come on Alpha. There are many things that you might need to do to get out of that room, but I'd encourage you, don't waste your life living in the locked room. Don't be afraid, because God's powerful. He will empower you, and he will give you his peace. You see, when you know that God is not only close, but he's powerful, it removes fear, and suddenly anything is possible. That's the second thing, God's powerful. The third thing about God's character that we see in this passage is that God is kind. God is kind. When Jesus appears to the disciples, there's one person missing, Thomas. Can you imagine how that must have felt for him? All the disciples gathered together in one room, and he is the only person missing. I mean, this is like the primary example in the Bible of FOMO. Thomas is not in the room. I mean, what was he doing? And the answer is that we don't really know what he was doing. But my hunch is that he was so grieved by what had happened to Jesus that he thought, I don't, I don't even want to be with the other guys anymore. It's done. It's over. Uh, Jesus, um, Thomas is known as being a, a doubter, but I actually think that Thomas was one of the most devoted disciples there were. John 11, he, when he finds out that Jesus needs to go and die, it's Thomas who says, let's go with him. Let's go and die with him. Thomas was so devoted. The disciples go to Thomas and they say they've seen the Lord. And Thomas's response, he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And I love this line from Thomas because it perfectly sums up the human experience that you, you can go from devotion to doubt in a heartbeat. But I love his response. Do you notice how in his doubt, he's still pushing towards Jesus? He's still asking I just need to see him. I just need to see his hands. I just need to see his feet. Doubt can do two things. It can either draw you back from Jesus and push you away, or it can push you in further from doubt to devotion. So if you're here tonight and you're doubting, in a way, I think it's a gift, but you have to choose what you do with it. You either draw back or you push in like Thomas did and say, Jesus, I need to see you. I need to see your hands and your feet. I need to see you at work in my life. And so a week later, Thomas is with the disciples and see the kindness of Jesus in this moment. He appears again. Why? In his kindness, he is reappearing to see the one person who was missing the first time around. And then without even asking Thomas what he had stipulated about the hands and the side, Jesus just said to him, Thomas, verse 27, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And it's the same with us. Jesus knows exactly what you need. He's not kind of unaware of what you're going through. He, he, he's heard your, your deepest prayer, the thing you're longing for God to do. He's heard you and he is at work. Just in the same way he knew exactly what Thomas needed in that moment. And he said, feel my hands. Feel my side. But by that point, Thomas didn't need to do any of that. 
He was just so delighted to be in front, present with Jesus again. Jesus was revealing to him his closeness, his power, but also his kindness. How did Thomas respond? Verse 28. My Lord and my God. First time that that language is used in John's gospel of referring to Jesus as God. In other words, Thomas had confidence and trust in the character of God. He saw that he was close. He saw that he was powerful. And he saw that he was kind. Thomas experienced peace. And that's the difference between peace and anxiety. Peace in this passage comes the Greek word, arene, derives from the Hebrew word shalom, which means to be whole. Anxiety comes from the Greek word uh, merenna, which literally means to be in pieces. Peace, to be whole. Anxiety, to be in pieces. And when the disciples were anxious, it was like they had the character of God in pieces. And I think it's the same for us. And when we experience peace, it's often because we have confidence and trust in the character of God as a whole peace. Let me show you what I mean. If you know that God is close, but you don't think he's powerful, there'll be a break in the char- your view of his character and you'll think that he is unable unable to answer your prayer, unable to make a difference in the situation that you are facing. Maybe you think he is powerful, but you forget that he's kind, and suddenly there's a break in what we refer to as like the peace triangle. And that would be unloving. You think he's unloving. He could do something, but he's not. He's unloving. Well, you might think that he's kind, but you forget that he's close. Another break in your view of God's character. And this would be unaware. That God is kind, but he's not close enough to kind of do anything about it. He's just unaware. And the problem with this is when we get dense in our view of God's character, suddenly anxiety comes. Anxiety to be in pieces, to see God's character in pieces rather than as a whole. Now all of that sounds... Quite good. Okay, Dave, got to get the character in. Peace, whole. Okay, I'm up for that. Sounds good on a Sunday night, doesn't it? But what about on a Monday morning when you're back on the train and suddenly your heart starts to go, oh my goodness, what about this? What about this? This meeting, this person I need to see, this person I need to recruit. Da, 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 da. What do you do? Well, we have two choices. We either listen to our heart or we speak to our heart. David, I love David in the psalm, Psalm 42. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Put your hope in God. Speak to your heart. Heart, I know this week is going to be tricky. I know there's some hard things I need to do. I know that I'm going to get out of the locker room and try and avoid fear. I know that there's going to be a hard turnaround in this project. I know that I haven't quite worked out my next step yet. But I know that God is near when I call on him. That God has called me by name and I am his. That God works all things together for my good. That God is my refuge and my strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? My God is close, powerful and kind. And when you remember that, suddenly you can go back to the things that have shattered and go, no, he is able. No, he is loving. No, he is aware. 
of my scenario and all that is going on in my life. Speak to your heart. Remind yourself of who God is. And when you do that, there's this wonderful promise in Isaiah 26 verse 3, which says this. God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on him. That's what the disciples experienced. They met the person of Jesus Christ and it changed everything. In the ancient world, if a ship was in trouble, a larger ship would come alongside it. It's called the Paracletos, which translates as the one called alongside and it would take it safely back into harbour. That's how Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, the ship that draws alongside us and guides us. It's a picture of, of closeness, of power, and of kindness. And I think that's what the Lord would like to do with us, each of us today, to draw close to us, to reveal to us his power, and to reveal his kindness. Again, that's what happened with the disciples. Suddenly they went from being fearful, stuck in this locker room, to being brave, assured of who Jesus was. They moved from doubt to devotion, and they were at peace. And this peace is available for you today. Jesus is alive. He is here with us by his spirit. And you can talk to him. The spirit of Jesus is right here. And when, where the spirit of Jesus is, there's freedom and there's peace. And if you're honest, you may be here and you have never experienced that peace that passes all understanding, the peace I've been speaking about this evening. For others, if you're honest, your, your, your view of God's character has been chinked in a few places. Maybe some of the places that I've spoken about tonight. And perhaps you're here and actually you just never really considered who Jesus Christ is. And if that's you, I'd really encourage you to join us at Alpha in the morning and the evening to look at the, the evidence for Jesus, the difference that he has made to lives uh, throughout the centuries. Wherever and however you find yourself today, hear and hold on to the words of Jesus Peace be with you. Know today that God is able. He is loving. He is aware. He's close. He's powerful. And he's kind. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Should we stand together? Let's stand together as we um, respond. And let's, let's just... Pray uh, and take a moment just to be still before the Lord who's here and with us. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you are here by your Spirit. And Lord, you're speaking to every person in the room. Pray, Lord, you deposit in our hearts just the one thing release from fear the new perspective on your character and what you're like, that you're close, powerful and kind. And if you're here tonight and you haven't had a chance to say yes to Jesus, where you said, Lord, if that's what you're like, if you're close, if you're powerful and kind, then you're the one I want to put my trust in. I want to move my trust from myself and put it to you. And I'd love to give you an opportunity. There may just be one person here tonight who says, do you know what, I've never done that. I've never said to Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you with my life. I want to place my life in your hands. And so I'm going to give you a chance now. I'll pray a prayer that you can echo in your heart. 
uh, and we can pray together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for dying for me. Thank you for creating peace between me and God, that I could know God and have a relationship with him. Sorry, Lord, where um, I've turned my back on you, where I've done things that I kind of wish I'd never done. And thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness that I now receive. And And please, please, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit, the paracletus, the one who draws alongside. Come and draw alongside me today. I place my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 